But without any further time, I just want to welcome, Ray is our Revival Group Pastor. If you don't know who he is, Ray and Bonnie. Um, so Mandy and I are part of the Bethel Leaders Network. This is a new step for us, increasing our relational connection to Bethel. Um, and so Ray and Bonnie are revival group pastors, and they have some of the people in this room are also in a revival group, and we had a, a gathering this weekend. And so we were like, Ray, if you want to stay over, we'd love to have you in our house. And so they brought students, and he can do all that he wants to. But would you would you stand? We want to give honor to the man of God, the woman of God, Ray and Bonnie. Would you guys stand? We bless you. Welcome to Fire Life. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Bless you. Amen. Thanks. All right. Come on up with me, Bonnie. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for coming out today. This is fun. Uh, I, uh, I would love to just brag on your pastors here, Jared and Amanda. They are absolutely off the chart. They rolled out the red carpet for our group this weekend, and um, all the teams, I guess, that have you know, been a part of helping us to, to do what we did this weekend. We had, I don't know, it was probably 30 plus leaders in the room. We circled up, big circle here, and we just went deeper in relationships with each other and the Lord met us. We worshiped and wept and laughed and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it was fun. Thank you so much, Jared and Amanda. You guys have amazing pastors and uh, I can't, can't wait. Yes, come on. Yeah. Can't wait for what he's going to do in these next days. I, I need a tour of the of the vision next door as soon as we can. Uh, yeah. So um, let me just do a little bit of an introduction. Bonnie and I have been uh, wow. We've been married forty. It's going on forty two this coming summer. Forty two years, and uh, we only yeah. Thanks. We only have five kids. And we only have 13 grandkids, and so Bonnie's my claim to fame, so she's my, I don't know, we should have been, my, my name should have been Clyde, <laughs> so we've been robbing from the devil ever since we got together. <laughs> yeah, I've never said that before. Huh? I'm going to let you, <laughs> tell us a little bit about uh, our, tell us a little bit about our family, and then if you've got something to share, we'd love to hear that. Yes, we do have five children, and they live all the way from California to Florida to Ireland. And, um, yeah, we're, we're tickled to have um, I just our, invited them, by the way, to join in on YouTube on the oh. Goolsby Happenings. I said, hey, join us. Oh. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I believe we carry family. We absolutely love family. And so basically our vacations uh, revolve around visiting them uh, around the world, and, and we love every minute of that. Um, yesterday, this weekend actually, that we've spent the time with our revival group has truly felt like family. And I actually mentioned to some folks, I said, I feel like we're at a family reunion. Yeah. It was just beautiful. Oh, man, I'm still impacted by it. It was, it was amazing. So, yeah, we're, we're blessed. Um, we've been in the ministry for over 30 years and retired from our church in Florida and decided to go back to school. So we followed our son to Redding, California and did BSSM for two years and then uh, just really have felt like we've taken one year at a time asking the Lord, okay, now what? And uh, so we're still in Reading at this time and serving with BLN. And I, I work with um, an organization called Hope City and Restorative Families. And I go into the juvenile hall and bring life and 
art. And um, so, Jared, that this morning, when you had us pray over who we work for and our bosses, wow, that was incredibly powerful. Really powerful. Thank you for doing that. That was that was joyful. Um, so yeah, this morning I'm just going to share real quick a, um, a passage, and and I'll share with you specifically the verse that that was Ray and I sat before the Lord for 2022 and asked Him what His word for 2022 was for us. And but I I, I want to go first just real quick to Psalm 46 that says, "There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God." the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. <laughs> God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. Powerful, but the river whose streams... Mm, that was good. That goes right with what I'm getting ready to read with you. And actually, our verse for the year is verse 11, but I'm going to start in 9. It says, you visit the... It's Psalm... I'm sorry, Psalm 65. Verse 9 says, you visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain. For so you have prepared it. You water its ridges abundantly. You settle its furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. Verse 11. You crown the year with your goodness. Father, you crown 2022 with your goodness. And your paths drip with abundance. Can you say more? more, more, to give into the kingdom of God, more. more. Your paths drip with abundance. They drop on the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered with grain. They shout for joy. They also sing. So when I got filled with Holy Spirit, I opened my mouth to speak in tongues, and really, it was babbling. I didn't know Holy Spirit before that, and, and, but I thought, we'll activate this. But the moment I knew that I'd been filled with Holy Spirit was the next morning when I opened the Word. And I was crying before I read, and I said, Lord, I've asked you to fill me with Holy Spirit, and if you don't show me what this Word means, I'm not going to get it. My husband was in Bible school, school and I was going to be a pastor's wife. And I got filled with Holy Spirit. And in that moment, I began to read. And it was though someone reached up and turned on the light bulb. And I said, I've been filled with Holy Spirit. He's the revealer of the word. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you this morning to take this passage in this word and reveal what the Father is saying. And we just thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jared and I are going to do a, a um, breakout session on how to be married to a powerful wife, right, Jared? Yeah, amen. Well, we have four amazing third-year BSSM students. I want all four of you to stand up, turn around, face everyone, if you would. Tricia, all the way to your right. I'm sorry, that's Rachel, all the way to your right. Caroline, Tricia, and Jamie, and their third third-year students. 
I'm going to ask uh, Teresa and Rachel to come to the stage right now. And I've asked them to share just a little bit because they've been doing three years in the Bethel sphere, if you will. And uh, they're loaded. And I've given them three minutes to five minutes to unload a little bit of that on you, okay? Here you go. Teresa, let me introduce you guys, sorry. Teresa is from the Czech Republic. She is a uh, world-renowned cello player. Uh, she carries high levels of peace, and uh, I don't know. I think recently I've been seeing more of the joy of the Lord on your life as well, and so I think joy is rising. The thing I like about Trezia is that I feel peaceful when I'm around her, um, and she is she's the type of prophetic person that uh, she's just not going to give you a prophetic word, you know, that's just off the top of her head. She's going to close her eyes. She's going to find the Lord, and she's going to tell you what he says. At any rate, Teresia Gregorova. Yeah. Hi. Um, it's such a privilege for us that we were able to come here and spend the Sunday with you today. It's really hard to say something in three minutes. <laughs> I'm going to try my best. Um, while we were worshiping, I just felt such a delight that the Father has in you and in your church and that he loves every single person who is here and just wanted to share that with you that every single person here matters and that God is so delighted in what you're doing here and um, it brings him so much pleasure and uh, you're a beautiful family um, really beautiful family and um, what I felt like God asked me to share is about um something that I experienced in my life, something that he did, and I believe that he wants to do it for everyone. Um, and he, he asked me to tell you, to talk to you about how available he is and how close he is, as Amanda said in the morning, when we started. And um, I grew up in a family where I knew a lot about God, and um, but I didn't really know God and uh, had a lot of wrong ideas about who God was and um, was really hungry to know who he was but spent most of my life just struggling to find him and was and didn't know how to find him and was so hungry to hear his voice but I didn't know I could hear him and then I had an encounter with God um, and um, since then he started showing me how available he is and how um, how we can hear him and that it's so easy to hear him. There was one time when um, someone prayed for me and they told me um, that they told me, you're so prophetic, you hear God all the time and you have so many different ideas and so many thoughts and it's like you are hearing him all the time but I wasn't just, uh, I wasn't aware of I wasn't aware of that, and so um, I've been on a journey of discovering that he is so available, that he's speaking all the time, that there's <laughs> there is never a time when he's not speaking, um, and so what I felt like God wanted me to encourage you with, that he's so available, and that um, relationship with him is so available, and it's so easy to connect with him, um, and... Um, Yeah, everything that 
we came here to bless you. It's not about us. Uh, we really want this time to be about you. And so everything that we're going to do here today, what Ray is going to share, uh, we just want to want you to experience what's available and there is more and there are different ways how we can experience God different how ways how we can know God and so uh, this is just an invitation for you to step maybe into something new and to um, to see something you maybe have never seen before maybe experience something that you already are familiar with but um, this is just for you to um, to know, I, 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 my heart is really for you to know that all of this is for you, and you can walk in all of it. Thank you, Teresia. Yeah, see what I mean? Come on over. This is Rachel. Rachel is from London, England. Uh, thereabouts, Essex is close enough to London, right? Yeah, and she carries a high level. I, I'm going to call your gifting and. She has this apostolic, administrative, creative something or other that's going on in her life, and it's just beautiful. Uh, you'll you'll see as she begins to share with you. But she's been a huge blessing to our team and to our school. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I would brag a little bit more on you, but I want you to share with us. Okay. Amen. Um, uh, it's truly an honor to be here with you all today. Um, and uh, something that um, God um, was sharing with me today was that um, one thing I want to leave with you all this afternoon, this morning, is that you will recover it all. That is a, a direct command from the Lord. And um, I was thinking about the story of David. So I just want to read one, uh, two verses. One verse, actually. First um, Samuel 30, verse 8. And David said to the Lord, Should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord said to him, Yes, go after them, and you will surely recover everything that was taken from you. And just a brief backstory to that chapter is that David had been um, anointed as king over Israel, but Saul was still um, crowned as king and was still ruling as king. And so he, he tries to be shadowed by Saul, and he's like, you know, let me serve somewhere. Um, Saul hears about him, you know, I'm sure some of you know the story. Um, but then as he begins to be chased by, Dave, by Saul around Israel and around the land, he says to himself, let me go to the Philistines because maybe I can be safe there. So as he arrives at the Philistine camp, um, they say, are you the one that they sing about? Da you know, David has, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And he said, yes, yes, that's me. Um, but he had come to be their ally. Um, but unfortunately, because of their, you know, obviously they did trust him because they realized he had been killing them. Um, so he ran back to his family and the Bible says that when they arrived back to Zigzag that all of his children his wives, everything had been taken from him and he was truly disappointed because God had anointed him as king and he's saying if you've made me king then why is it that when I'm trying to do what you've told me to do that I've lost everything, everything that I love, everything that I adore, everything that I've worked for I've essentially lost it all and so they bring the ephod David asked for the prophets to bring the ephod and when the ephod comes he asked God what should I do and God says you shall recover them all and one thing that was really important about that passage 
is that the people that had taken away his children and his belongings and his wives were the Amalekites. And what's, his, what's important about that is that God had told King Saul to destroy the Amalekites. So my reminder to you all this morning is that whatever God has told you to uproot and destroy completely in your life, you will need to do that because otherwise it has a, there's, there's a pattern that can reappear in your life. So when David went and he was able to take back everything, finally they were able to destroy the Amalekites. But that's the final word I want to leave with you all today. Make sure that when God tells you to get rid of something, you clean house completely and allow God to remind you of what that is so that you can recover it all. There is nothing that you've experienced or lost in your life that you can't get back from from what God has for you. There are so many things that we've lost. We've lost children, we've lost family members, we've lost maybe jobs, different things, dreams, but there is nothing in your life that is unredeemable. And in this season, and even as um, Ray continues to share today and, you know, whatever else happens um, this morning, whatever the Lord wants to do in this place, I really believe that there's a redeeming and a restoring of things that you thought you would never, ever have again that the Lord wants you to have today. Um, And so just be blessed by that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Rachel, Yvonne, McIntosh. She's a powerhouse. All these guys are powerful. We're going we're gonna to prophesy over every one of you today, by the way. It's going to be fun. All right. So um, I'm going to just jump right in uh, into what I feel like the Lord's given me on my heart today for you. So I woke up a little bit earlier this morning, and I was, I was asking the Lord, what is it, Lord? Because I had a couple things in my heart, and he zeroed in on this. And, uh, and so the topic this morning is good news. Anybody had their fill of bad news? <laughs> it's like, let's turn on the bad news channel. It's like, and they're, they're, they're trying to do their best. They're just operating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, you know, they're just trying to tell us from their perspective what's going on while at the same time trying to entertain us because they want you to watch their channel. <laughs> it's, a, it's a zoo, actually. But, uh, but there's good news. There's good news in the earth. And, and so um, Bonnie said, uh, read the scripture in... Psalm 65, and that verse 11 says that um, that you crown the year with your goodness. Crown the year with your goodness. So goodness is part of God's, let's just say that's his, there's something about the goodness of God that he, that he really wants to cover the earth with it. Actually, when Moses in Exodus, I think it's 33, Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. Uh, yeah, show me your glory. And I loved, uh, I loved when, uh, Kyle, you said this morning, he's not going to share his glory with anybody. And I went, yeah. He, he does share his glory, but he doesn't share it with the enemy. He doesn't share it with demonic works and power. But he does share it with you and with me. By the way, Kyle, awesome worship service this morning. I didn't know if I felt like I was 
pulled a worship muscle or something. Man, it was so good. So good. That's a la Steve Backlund. You get that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the glory of, when, when Moses said, show me your, good, your glory, God said, okay, I will show you all of my goodness. So you can legally exchange those words if you want to in scripture and say that the glory of God is probably best seen in his goodness, when his goodness is displayed. And so... There's something in the heart of every person that longs for and yearns for goodness, the goodness. We, we actually, we think that we have a propensity toward evil because, you know, fallen man, you know, we just lost everything in the fall and now we're all evil. <clears throat> but the truth is, we're not all we're not all evil. We do evil things because we've lost our connection with God. And I'm talking about people in the world. I'm not talking about people in the kingdom of God. They're still capable of doing evil, but their nature has been changed. People that are in the kingdom of God, people that are born again, their nature's changed. Say, I don't know. I know some Christians that doesn't look like their nature's changed. I, I, I know, I know. But if they're born of the Spirit, um, old things are passed away. All things have become new. And that word is not just, you know, refreshed. It's brand new. It's never, never before existed. It didn't even exist in Adam and Eve. I, I, I can't say this definitively. This is my little pet doctrine. But Adam and Eve were the, you know, when God created Adam and Eve, they were, they were perfect, right? <laughs> they fell, right? So they had the capability of doing something that was wrong that would cause them to lose their connection with God. We, on the other hand, are a new creation. When we sin... We don't lose the farm like they did. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. And it was our choice. It wasn't Adam and Eve's choice to be born good. <laughs> and as good as they were, God, listen, God created them and breathed into them the breath of life. And they became alive because of his breath. That's awesome. That's the spirit of God on the inside of them. Mm. But yet, they, they still were susceptible to being tempted, right? And when they, when they disobeyed the Lord, it cost, cost everyone from that point on. So not getting off into that, I just wanted to just set you up and say, listen, there's something super unique about you. You've ne you're the type of person that's never before existed on this earth. And people that are in the world that don't know God, you are drastically different than they are. You have received a brand new nature. Yeah. 
They have not. God loves them. And he is fully expecting that we will take his nature that we have now. First, I think 2 Peter 1, 3 or 4 says that, or, or somewhere around in there, it says that we have received the divine nature of God. That's, that's what we have right now. And he fully expects for us to take the divine nature of God that is on the inside of us and go out there and to help them find him and to receive their true identity, which they are destined to become sons and daughters of God. Yeah, and so I didn't, I'm not covering all of the things about, well, well what happens when we sin? Uh, yeah, what happens to sin when the blood of Jesus Christ is present and part of the, part of the equation? When you sin, when you sin, you, I feel like I'm stepping into some really deep water here. I, I should probably have some water. Could you bring water? Thank you. My mouth is starting to get dry. I don't know how y'all are going to receive this or not. <laughs> What's stronger, sin or the blood of Jesus? It's no, not even a question. It's not even... So the problem with mankind is not that, they, that they're sinners. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I'm not sorry. I, the problem with people is not, they're not, it's not that they're sinners. It's that they don't know that they're destined to be sons and daughters of God. They just don't know that they're destined to be sons and daughters of God. And because they don't know that yet, they're going to sin. So stop being mad at them for acting like they're not born again, you know, acting like they're, they should act better. They're trying. They're just confused. And they need someone that will show them the goodness of God. Because they think even God's mad at them. <laughs> I like what Chris Valentin says. I'm right about that. I've gone it. I want to read a passage out of Romans chapter 8 and verse 17. Uh, Romans 8, 17. This is out of a translation called the Mirror Bible. I had never heard of the Mirror Bible, but I just found out about it a few months back. And Romans 8, 17 says this in the Mirror Bible. Because we are his offspring, man, you could just settle in that for a minute and go, what? The offspring of God. Because we are his offspring, we qualify to be heirs. Because you're born again from above, you are qualified. Yeah. Let's all say, I'm qualified. I'm qualified. 
I don't always feel qualified. I don't know about you. you know, I probably do know about you. I don't always feel qualified. I don't even always act qualified. When I don't act qualified, there is this spirit that comes and lies to me and says, you are uniquely flawed. (laughs) There's something uniquely wrong about you, Ray. And sometimes I go, yeah, I know. And then I go, whoa, 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 wait, no, 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 no. There's nothing, there's only something that's uniquely right about me. Because God never thinks a thought about me that there's something wrong with me. He never, see, one of the most important things about you and I is, is that it is what we, th- I think somebody said this, somebody said, Pascal said, right? The most important thing about you is what you think about God. You ever heard that? It's a great, great quote, great to think about. The most important thing about me is what I think about God. Well, if that's the most important thing, there is a second thing, and it may be as equally as important, is what do I think God thinks about me? I think we've got way more problem with that than we do with your sin things or your, your little, and I'm not belittling sin because the, the, it'll kill you, it's stupid, it's dumb. But it is not nearly as powerful as the blood of Jesus. And God has never had a thought about you since you've been in Christ. He's never had a negative thought about you. Come on. Not one. Amen. Why is that? Jared read and said that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So, so, so somehow when we got saved, the brilliance of God, watch this. Somehow when we got saved, he put us in Christ. <laughs> Isn't it brilliant? But he didn't stop there. He put us in Christ, but then he said, hey, I'm going to put Christ in you. You're doubly blessed. You're in him and he's in you? What do you think God thinks about that? When he looks at you, you know, we've, we've said this forever since I've been a believer. We said, God looks at you like he looks at Jesus. And that never made sense. It's like, Jesus didn't do some of the stupid things that I do. What does God think about that? Yeah. <laughs> well, the blood of Jesus is supposed to take all of that and put it somewhere. And he does. He takes it. Actually, he doesn't put it somewhere. He actually remo- He actually removes it. All of our sin is like 
I don't know, he's taken away the handwriting of ordinances against us, and that means the law is what condemns us, and I probably shouldn't have gone down this, but the law has been fulfilled in Christ. Therefore, when I break the law, something about what Jesus did causes me not to become another person when I break the law. I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you got you guys you guys tracking with me? Something sin's not that powerful. It's deadly. It's not that powerful. The blood of Jesus destroyed it. So I'm in Christ, he's in me. Well, where is this how come I can't get victory over sin? Sometimes I think it's because we have too much regard, we have too much fear of sin. I'm afraid to sin. I'm afraid that might be a sin. I don't want to do that because I'm afraid. And I, I, I know there's a balance in this message, but I, I, I've got I've to get your attention here and say, look, stop bring, being so afraid of sin. sin you won't get to the you won't get to the power that you have over sin if you're still afraid of it because when you find out the power that you have over sin you will actually won't sin and that's way better <laughs> when you have victory over sin man i didn't even read this passage it's way powerful more powerful Some people say, like, like it's a Bible verse, well, we sin every day. Where's that in the Bible? That's right, Rachel. That's not scripture. We sin every day, like I'm proud of it. I don't. I don't like sin. I don't like sin. And I've been, and I've been, no, I'm not sinless. But I know that when I sin, I say, I hate it. I go, that was stupid. It was so stupid. Lord, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for helping me to get delivered from this spirit of stupid sometimes that I yield my life to. And he goes, I've got you, son. I've got you. All right, I'll finish reading this passage. Then his goodness is going to be released in here. I mean, it's already being released, but we want to we really release it through prophetic words and declarations. I feel like that God is going to heal some, some bodies this morning. Isn't that fun? That's part of his goodness. You know, how are people going to see his goodness? When you heal their hurt, you heal their boo-boo. That's the goodness of God. You know what I'm saying? That's the goodness of God. It's like, I'm better. We were on a, uh, Caroline and I were on a, on a call the other night with some Ukrainians. Not Ukrainians. What were they? Uzbekistan. Sorry. Sorry. You, I don't know where that came from. Maybe we've been reading a lot about Ukraine lately. I don't know. But Uzbekistan. And we just prayed over these guys. And um, we prayed had a word of knowledge, I think, or prayed, prayed for the guy's back. 
And you're like, uh, there's no change. There's no change. It's like, okay, let's, let's pray again. Let's pray again. Let's go after that again. Jesus did that one time. You know, he prayed for a guy and he wasn't all better. And he prayed for him again. So it's okay to do that. It's legal. I recommend it, actually. Sometimes diseases are a little stubborn. But uh, then we prayed again, and he, like, was standing up and down, standing up and down. He says, I couldn't do this. I couldn't. He said it in Uzbekistanish. But, yeah. So he got healed. And that's the goodness of God. So it's fun. So I feel like the Lord's going to do that. This. Okay. So this is it. Romans 8. 17, because we are his offspring, we're qualified to be heirs. The blood is powerful. Took someone who was unqualified and qualified us. God himself is our portion. We co-inherit with Christ. Now, you've got a bigger problem with this than you do with what's the matter, you know, or even, you know, your struggles that you face. Your biggest struggle in life, I'm telling you right now, this is going to be worth the whole little talk here. Your biggest struggle in life is not with what you're struggling with. Your biggest struggle in life is believing that you are a co-heir with Jesus. Your biggest struggle in life is, believe, is believing that God is your portion. <laughs> your biggest struggle in life is believing that God is always good. That's your biggest struggle. That's going to be your biggest struggle in I know he's good, I know, but he doesn't like this or he doesn't like that and there, there are things he doesn't like. Don't get me wrong, I'm not, I don't want to muddy the water here, but I want to get crystal clear that he likes you, that he intends to release his goodness through you and he has done everything that it takes through Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection to make sure that you are good, you're good. And that you release his goodness wherever you go. That's going to be your biggest problem, believing that. Believing that you are good is a big problem. But we're beginning to believe that, aren't we? Three of us said, yes, I believe that we're, we're getting, we are good. We're getting better. We're getting good at being good. Can you say amen? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. We're getting good at that. So it goes on, he says, since we were represented and included in his suffering, what? Some, something in us says somebody needs to suffer for what you did. And the question is, he did and it was counted unto you as you suffering. And this is the way the, the writer wrote this. He says, since we were represented and included in his suffering. So God counts the death of Jesus 
as if you did it. Now he's under no illusion that you were on the you weren't on the cross, except for you were in Christ. You you he's counting you as being in Christ as he was crucified. Wow, that's big when you start thinking when you start when you start thinking of yourself less than you ought to. Uh, you, you just don't realize how much Jesus did for you on the cross. Since we were represented and included in his suffering, we equally participate in the glory of his resurrection. I made it to the end of the verse. We equally participate in the glory of his resurrection. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take some renewing of our mind to get a hold of that. Because when we believe that, we believe that we believe that we can do things that are impossible. When we believe that we participate in the glory of his resurrection, that we can actually, what you begin to believe is the impossible begins to be drawn to you. Why is that? Because God wants us going after things that we think and others think are impossible in this world. And when we show up, the impossible looks very possible because we're carrying the power of God on the inside of us and when we release it and the impossible becomes possible and something's changed the glory of God is seen the goodness of God is experienced and people's lives are changed they want more of that and I, I truly believe that the chaos that is in the world today is I, I, I don't want to say it's our it's not our fault, okay? But the we can do something about the chaos that's in the world. That's that's probably what I want to say. And when we do, there's less chaos in the world. So the degree that there's chaos in the world is is to some degree in relation to how much we as his sons and daughters are out there making a difference in the world. But we're getting better, and we're getting good. All right. So let's see some of the goodness of God. Thank you for letting me share that part with you. We just wanted to, just wanted to, that, that's, that's a lot to think about, that you are, uh, you're the carrier of good news. I, I really didn't get around to good news as much, but that is good news, yeah? That's good news. And you're carrying it. The world is full of other types of news but you they need you because you are the carrier of the good news of of this kingdom we owe the world an encounter okay 